everyone, and thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. Let's meet our guest today. Hello, my name is Dan Kohler. I have a little business in town called Professional Pre-Needs, and I'm currently sitting on city council. All right. Nice. There you go. Two big roles. Easy That's as right. that. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, we usually don't pull any punches or waste any time. So uh, we like to try to jump back into childhood. Like, where were you born? What did early elementary school look like to you? you yeah, because you grew up on Dan? the other side of the mountains from us, I think, Okay. Right? Yeah. I did grow up on the other side of the mountains, but I was not born in Oregon. Oh. Yeah. Where were you born? Uh, Uncle Sam's Air Army Base. Okay. Uh, All righty. So in a foreign country on an army base while dad was in the military. Okay. Yeah. And then like uh, for elementary school, that was maybe multiple elementary schools if you were. No, we came back to Oregon shortly after I was born and settled in in a little town called La Grande. Yeah. Where we lived until my dad said, you know what, it's time for me to have a business. He had worked for the railroad, been a brakeman. I got paid 200 bucks a week, which is big money then. Yeah, it is big money. And he saved up and he built a restaurant in Pendleton called The Frost Stop, which was um, a root beer joint. We had car hops and and root beer floats. And oh, I've, that's I've, awesome. I have made more hamburgers and milkshakes than most people <laughs> will ever see in their lifetime. <laughs> yeah. So what was little Dan uh, like in elementary school? I mean, what were you into? Do you remember what... Uh, Stuff you did for fun. Well, I always, I always sang. I was, I was in choirs and all those kind of things. I, I, I played baseball. Okay, baseball was the most fun. Played little league. <clears throat> Had a couple of games that I, I hit for the cycle, which was a oh, lot wow. of fun. That's which awesome. A lot of people don't get to do once, and I got to do a couple of different times. Yeah. So for our listeners, that's when you get a single, double, triple, and a home run in the same game. Not doesn't have to be in that order. You just uh, yeah. Wow. So yep. That sounds hard. So yeah, getting four hits in a game is hard. Let alone it's unusual. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, I was blessed to do that a couple of times. So. That's awesome. That was good. Played baseball all through high school. Okay. Yeah. Um, remember, like, where'd you go to middle school and high school? Well, there wasn't a lot of choice in Pendleton. Yes. I went to Hawthorne Elementary, which I walked to, to school both ways in the snow. Chesapeake. Uphill. Both yeah. hill. Yeah. Uphill both ways. <laughs> now, it, it wasn't very far away. just a few blocks. And then I went to John Murray Junior High, which was seventh grade. And that was a little over a mile away. And I walked most of the time then. And then we went to Helen McCune Junior High, which was seventh and eighth grade. So we had a three-year high school. Mm. Oh, uh, eighth and ninth grade. We had a three-year high school. So uh, ran cross country and played baseball. There we go, man. And that's enough, you know. Those are some the longer longer time sports. Yeah, cross country, man. Ugh, fifteen hundred mile on and on. There's a great story that goes along with that. Yeah, so I'm taking it. advanced PE because all the jocks did advanced PE. Exactly. And we did all the hard stuff. And I learned at an early age that you might as well just do hard things because it makes everything else easier. <laughs> if you do the hard thing first, then the rest of it's easier. Mm-hmm. I uh, I became a scout and I, I did Boy Scouts, became an Eagle Scout uh, just before I turned 16. Got to learn how to take care of myself out in the middle of nowhere, which is fun. And I've continued to work with scouts. I have a 50-year 
uh, pin that they gave me a few years back wow. for wow. my involvement in scouting. I've done eagle boards and stuff. Anyway, they get back to the, the fun part. <clears throat> I'm in advanced PE, and we do the Harvard step test. And what that means is you step up on this beam, and then you, you know, you up, down, up, down, you know, one, two, three, four, and you put your right foot up, then your left foot up, and then you reverse that down. <clears throat> and then you wait, and you find out how quickly your pulse recovers. Oh. So I, I do that, <clears throat> and the coach, what was your number at this time, and et cetera, and he goes, um, I want to see you uh, Monday after school. Uh, you're now on the cross-country team. <laughs> see, I think the PE teacher quote, quote, uh, was, was mining for endurance athletes <laughs> by running the test. It's, he's like, okay, come here. Yeah. You don't have to see you run to know that you got lungs. Mm. <laughs> and I had, I'd known him for quite a while. So it wasn't, it wasn't a, no, I'm not going to do that. It was yes, sir. <laughs> there you go. Wow. That's first cool. year we ran, or the first practice we ran nine miles and I thought I was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, running is like. For real, no joke. Because how, how often are you running for that long? Uh, Never. Not as an... Only if the wrong person's chasing you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hope you're losing before nine miles. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> moving uh, from high school, moving forward in life, what was kind of next for you? Well, dad wanted me to go into real estate. And mom said, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. He had taught me during our times at the drive-in, how to sell things. So if you wanted, somebody came in and said, I want a burger. Okay, do you want fries with that? Exactly. Okay, so now you have a burger and a fry. Should we put cheese on it? That was another dime. You want tomatoes on it? That was another dime. And so <clears throat> you're always figuring out how to upsell something. Mm. So do you want a Coke? Oh, you want a large Coke? And you want to try milkshake today? So all of those skills I learned when I was just a little guy. And and so he wanted me to go into real estate because he knew commissions were a lot better on that than they were hamburgers. Mm. <laughs> but but um, mom wanted me to go to school, so I went to a little college in Idaho called Rick's College. And I was in the choir. I was in, huh? I was in the college choir. I was actually the student director for the Rick's College Choir. Wow. It was kind of funny. And then they had a small group that was 18, 19 members, which they called Vicaliers. And, and so it was just kind of like a little jazz group, except we didn't do necessarily jazz music. But just, a you know, 20 members, boom. And so it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Then after that, I decided, you know, it's time to figure some things out. I went on a mission for two years. Uh, Dad always joked that um, he couldn't afford very much. I ended up going to Washington State. So he'd always say, that's the furthest away from home I could afford to send you. <laughs> but I had some wonderful experiences, met some great people. And it really helped form a lot of who I am as far as, you know, what's really important and what's not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So moving into what you do for work, what's that look like? I mean, I don't know that most people, like we've had conversations, most people really understand what all that includes. So maybe. I, my business name is Professional Pre Needs. I came home from my mission. I visited with some people. Uh, I had known the local undertaker in town. Uh, his, <clears throat> I went to see him and said, Look, this is what I'm, I'm maybe thinking about going into undertaking. And he said, Well, 
I don't have any openings right now, but let me call somebody. And he called his friend, Steve Morris, who was in Medford. And so I loaded up the car and drove down to Medford and got paid 800 bucks a month for having them own me. <laughs> got him on salary. <laughs> yes. Well, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. You get up and go to work. Oh, wow. And I had Tuesday and Wednesday off, and Tuesday off started at 8 o'clock. people pass away sometime between, not between 9 and 5? I can't believe that. What? Come on, people. Yeah. Yeah. So I have lots and lots of undertaken stories. I've worked in big firms, small firms. Uh, About 1992, I guess it was, I decided I wasn't ever going to have enough money to to own a funeral home, so I was going to have to do something a little different. And I started pre-planning full-time. So I'm a fully licensed undertaker. That's funeral director in Balmer for those that don't understand what an right. undertaker is. Oh, no, that's good. There's a great story about undertaker too. You know where that name came from? Oh, uh, do you want to hear it? Absolutely. I'm sure our listeners do too. Exactly. Otherwise we have to look it up later. So yeah, yeah. sure. So as the West was settled, there was, there was all these towns that popped up. And in each of the little towns, there was somebody that would take care of funerals and things. Usually it was a furniture maker, cabinet maker that had the wherewithal to make caskets. And he was called the undertaker because he undertook the responsibility of caring for the dead. Mm. Wow. So in Ontario, where I worked for several years, the original funeral home in town was called Peterson's Furniture and Undertakers. Wow. It's kind of a double story. It has the whole story there in the That title. is cool. So... I am an undertaker. I, I accept the responsibility of caring for the dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say I'm a fully licensed undertaker because there's some licenses that go along with that. And I also have an insurance license because that's what we use in pre-planning. Okay. I'll sit down with people and we'll go over all their different options. If you want to be cremated, you want to be buried. We, there's options for all those different kind of things. We put put all that stuff down in writing, the vital statistics, other information is necessary for death certificates and such start on obituaries, and then we get a total, and you have an opportunity to prepay and have it guaranteed. So that's what I do. I work with probably 20 funeral homes all over the state and about 15 or so agents that I train to do this, and that's what I do. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's important for us to plan. I am an expert in funerals. Ask me anything, I can tell you. There you go. Yeah. Yep, I've only yep. been to a few, which I've been blessed to, to only have to go to a few. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe let's touch a little bit about your uh, city council role. I mean, what's, what's that seem like, look like, feel like to be a city council member, city of Kaiser? Well, I'm fixing to have you do that here pretty soon, so you can know f- firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, uh, don't hold your breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I, Like I mentioned earlier, I've been involved in scouting for a long time. I had just finished doing a board review for a young man uh, that was in the troop at St. Edward Catholic Church, actually. And I had told him at the end of his end of his board review that I congratulated him, said you successfully navigated your ego board review. And the, here's some responsibilities that you have. One of the things is that you have to stand up and do hard things. You have to to be willing to support the little guy, even if you're the only one helping support him. You have to be willing to do hard things. And the next day, 
I'm at a meeting with Mayor Clark, and she says, I need you to run for city council. I'm going, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And then this, I said, let me think about it. And this little thing that I had just told this young man. do the hard thing. As an Eagle Scout, you have a responsibility to stand up and do the right thing, even when it's not easy. Mm. Yeah. So I said, all right, now I guess I'll have to do this. And got the signatures, got on the ballot, and somehow the people supported me enough that they said, yep, we want you to do this. And yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I got reelected. Exactly. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah. And then uh, in Kaiser, how, how long are the terms? For the city councilors, it's a four-year sentence. Four years. Four years. <laughs> For the mayor, it's a two-year term. Gotcha. There you go. Yep. Sentence. Yeah. I, I will yeah. say that there are some times that, that city council is really just a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. Sometimes you have to make hard decisions, and some people don't like what you're, you're going to do and say. But I always just kind of look at it and say, what is the right thing to do? Uh, I know that so-and-so may not like what I'm, I'm going to say here, but it's really the right thing. Yep. Very seldom do... People in the neighborhood always get along. Right. Uh, but if you look at it and say, logically, this was the right thing for us to do, then you sleep pretty good at the end of the end of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, most issues are more complex than people uh, see them, I think, you know. I, um, I think, and especially for the common citizen. Yeah. yeah, especially in civics, you know, you have people who it's their job to spend a lot of time discussing those things. And then you're hearing just kind of the announcement side of it, not the all the work that's gone before, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. There was some there's some an issue that's going to be coming up again. It's, it's called uh, it's an access utility access fee. And and for a lot of years, the phone companies and the cable companies have paid a fee every month to the city for access in the right-of-ways to to have their lines there and to use those. And there's a lot of people that have now dropped their home phone lines and are using cell phones, and they drop cable and are using Internet and and other services. And so those fees, the amounts paid to the city, are just declining like crazy. And... So one of the things that's happened is, is a company out of Portland has come in and said, hey, you know, we can help you recover some of those fees. Uh, we can make sure that the telecom companies, the the wireless companies and such, that they actually restore those fees to the city. Well, and then I have somebody that will say, well, I can't believe you guys are going to tax us on, on all, our, all our phone lines and all the rest of this. It's like, okay, we need to step back and take a bigger Look at the picture here. We've got this many funds that we've lost, and yet you want us to provide all these additional services, but there's no funds for those. Should we cut off those services? Oh, no, you can't do that. Then we may have to Mm. restore those fees somehow. And so, like you say, there's usually a lot more uh, to the to story <laughs> than than what just comes out in city council meeting that says, okay, we're going to pass this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's maybe the biggest surprise for you um, that you didn't expect as as being a part of the city council and being so involved in that? You know, that's that's it's not hard for me to know what that is. It's hard to really talk about it mm-hmm. because 
I wasn't expecting the number of people to look at me and say, you're just racist, you're, you're this, you're that, and just treat me like I am the enemy. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Mm. And uh, eventually I grew some skin and said, you know what? I really don't care what you say. I'm just going to do the right thing. And again, I sleep better at night. But I, I wasn't prepared for the name calling and mm. the, the rudeness of some people. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, my response would be, uh, man, a post, right? Uh, run for city council, <laughs> you know, like, uh, get involved and make it, make it happen. You can't just sit around throwing out stuff and complaining, you know? Usually I would get called racist when we were discussing something and they ran out of things to say. Yeah. Yep. That, that ended the conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I even said that one time. I said, so that, that, that means you're going to call me a racist, which means you don't have anything else to add to this discussion. It's, yeah, it's like um, I have experienced the same things in discussions. You have like when you take apart someone's argument and each of their their bricks are falling off the wall. It's like, and then, well, now, well, you're a meanie. And you're like, you're like okay, so, so that's the end of that one. <laughs> Just the name falling. Oh, man. Yeah. In business, what what is uh, one of the surprises compared to like when before you really got into it? You know, as a business, what's maybe a surprise there that compared to the way you viewed it to the way it, it is? Interesting question. So I, I've been I had been working as a funeral director in Balmer at a funeral home. And as an employee of the funeral home, I had the licenses that I needed to do prearrangements. And I had done a bunch of that. And I, I, I had done more than anybody else in the whole firm combined. And the regional guy from the insurance company said that he wanted to talk to me and he said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just go out and have your own business and do this. And my employer said, look, I, I really don't like losing you, but I can see in the long run this is probably a better thing for you. And he supported that. Uh, that the business itself, uh, there's sometimes we have – Government has tried to shut the door on different kinds of processes. I I didn't expect to have to go to the the legislature and and lobby for uh, myself and my businesses and my associates. Um, the I've I've never really been one to to just take it if somebody says, "Well, you just can't do that," and I want to know why, and you know, does it make sense that I can't do that, and what are the reasons that I can't and do I need to adjust those somehow? Mm. And so there was uh, a need that I found uh, if if you were going to do a prearrangement for your mother and she was in the nursing home and you you needed to do this, but legally as an insurance um, agent, I needed to get her signature or a power of attorney. Mm -hmm. And so I helped a bunch of people get power of attorney so they could do that. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. So I contacted Kim Thatcher, who was a representative at the time. And I said, Kim, this is a problem. I need to, I need to change the insurable interest law in Oregon. And she goes, okay, well, let's take a look at that. And we put it all together. I spent 80 hours lobbying all the people in, in the Capitol, uh, some of which, was really hard to do, but that's another story. We'll get to that. <laughs> That'd be a different show. Yeah, but uh, it passed both the House and the Senate without an, a negative vote on it. 
So I think that's a great accomplishment. And today, you can write a policy for your mother. Right. Without a POA. Yeah, that's good. So I'm not afraid to work for the people that that I work with or work for. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, other things we like to touch on is, you know, you've acquired X amount of, of life experience and business and wisdom and that type of thing. And so what are what's like maybe one thing, a, a tool uh, that you've picked up that you've applied to your life or the way you run a business or your family or whatever? I mean, uh, yeah. I was thinking a little bit about this the other day. The choices that we make are extremely important. When we make the choice, when the choice is put before us, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Sometimes the little choices that we make add up to great big choices. And I think my advice for anybody would be make sure that you're making the right choice. Study out what's going on. Make sure that that the end result is what you want. Now, the great part with all of that is our Heavenly Father provided a Savior that allows us to repent. <laughs> so the, this whole atonement thing uh, right. really makes a huge difference. So when we when we fail, when we have failed, and we need to go back and and fix the the poor choices that we make, we do have a way to do that. But how much more easy is it when we make the right choices the first time around? Mm. I've talked to a lot of people that have that have said, "Well, you know, I did this and this and this, and I really screwed my life up, and somehow I, you know, I came back around, and and now things are all better." But I've also talked to people that did their best to make the right choices from the get-go. And they're great people, too. Yeah. So do your best. Make the right choices. Yeah. Study study things out. Don't make rash choices. Figure out who you're going to harm or not harm with the choices you make. I mean, sometimes it's yourself. Right. So anyway, there's my 25 cents on that. There you go. How about uh, um, hobbies you have now? Do you still sing at all? I mean, uh, what else do you do for fun? What is fun? Hmm. <laughs> I went fishing recently. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that, I enjoy fishing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, fly fishing is a challenge, and uh, bait casting can be a challenge, depending on where you're going and how it's working. Had opportunity to go to Alaska, go fishing this year. First time I'd ever done that. Go, go salmon fishing. That that was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Uh, again, uh, one of my clients said, "Hey, I, I've got a spot. Do you want to go?" And it's like, ah, "Let me think about it." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he he's been good to me, and I've been good to him over the years. I I've been very fortunate to have. Uh, good clients, people that I've been able to work with for long, long periods of time. I, I have a client right now that was my very first client, and they're still my client. Mm. I, there's, I think there's some, some keys to that, and and one of them might be, uh, if you have clients and you want to keep a client, you need to learn about them. If you know more about your client than your competitor knows about your client, they'll always be your client. Yeah. So I, that from from Harvey McKay, well, McKay sixty six, Harvey McKay, you have to look that one up. <laughs> He's a good guy from the Midwest. 
There we go. Hmm. What's, uh, you know, there's a term we, we do all the time. There's nothing new under the sun. What's one of the best ideas you ever stole, you know, or just cut and pasted, applied, like, oh, that, that works. And I should do that. What's one? Can you think of one that uh, as you were building your business or? One of the things I learned early on and have continued to use today in in the hospital, in city council and all kinds of things in my life, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm never going to claim to be, but I usually know who is on different subjects. And mm. I can use that collective to accomplish much, much more than I ever could alone. Wow, that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's incredibly important to know people, for sure. Not not just know them, but know what makes them tick. I think as community people, whether it's in your within your own family or organization, it's important to try to put people in the the best position that they're built to do. Right. Well, if you're out there and uh, you you think you're doing enough, or you think you've got some time in your hands. Uh, We've enjoyed our time uh, with Mr. Dan Kohler, from city council member to business owner to chamber of commerce board member to chamber of commerce member to chaplain uh, at the hospital. Yeah. And but other than that, he just sits around, and does nothing. True. And that's the fishing in Alaska. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy muscle cars too. Oh, okay. there you go. Yeah. Well, Dan, it looks like we are out of time, and so I want to thank you for joining us this morning, Um, and I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in, whether you're tuning in live or you're listening on your phone or in your car. Um, If you'd like to learn more about what Dan does, either his position on city council or about his business, you can look him up. You can look up from wherever you're listening to your Chamber of Commerce to learn more about what they do in the city council. Um, And if you can... Think about it. We listen. You can listen live every Saturday at 11 a.m. on KSLM to this podcast and radio show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.